Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast, uh, where this week we have a little something special for you. My name is Chris Bowne, the editor at Hotel Analyst. I'm joined as usual by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. And we have a special guest this week. It's Joe Stather from Questex, who's joining us um, in the run-up to the uh, the well-established AHC, uh, the conference uh, that uh, is is in the diaries of all the UK uh great and the good of the hotel sector. So let's uh, uh, pass over to Andrew uh, to introduce Joe. Uh, thanks Chris. Um, hi Joe, welcome. Um, so I, I think today I'd like to start by talking about the sentiment survey. This is um, your investor sentiment survey which you conduct. Um, here at Hotel Analyst we've been discussing for many many weeks now exactly where we are in terms of when we're going to finally see the sort of dam burst or at least deal flow begin to happen again. Um, I'm wondering you know what your reading of um, readings you're getting from your invest investment sentiment survey are yeah well um hi uh, to you both and, and thanks for having me on the podcast for for this edition um so yeah as you correctly say we have um uh, completed our q3 investor intention survey um which essentially polls the leading equity investors across the hospitality space, predominantly those which are looking at the, the European market. Um, and fair to say the Q3 results relative to what we've seen in the, the previous versions of the survey this year were far more polarized. I think probably the most polarized set of responses that we've ever seen, in fact, in the history of the survey. Um, and I think that that is indicative of just how investors in general are, are grappling with all of these different push and pull factors surrounding investment in general but also the hospitality industry as well i mean we we hear of headwinds we hear of tailwinds i think there's different investors that are looking at certain areas of the the industry that are experiencing those to varying degrees and that really came through in the the survey results this time around um in terms of those polls, can you just be explicitly explicit in describing what what each of those different polls, where the split is, the bifurcations happening? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, kind of the areas where we saw that the greatest level of volatility and the the biggest swings quarter on quarter. Um, one was the availability of investable stock, which I think we'll probably dig into a, a bit more within this conversation. Uh, but just parking that for now. Um, I think in terms of um, confidence in, in profit growth, um, that dropped off quite significantly. And that's kind of profit growth at a, an asset level. Um, that dropped off quite significantly based on the previous quarter, just as we thought things were starting to recover a little bit there. Um, the investment focus on some of the alternative accommodation types, or what we, ref we refer to here as the adjacent spaces. So things like extended stay, hostels, co-living. I know it's a bit dangerous to, to throw them all in the same bucket, but there was quite a pullback in terms of the inve investment focus on those adjacent spaces. Um, the amount of unallocated capital to invest in hospitality also came back quite significantly relative to the previous quarter. And again, I think that's a theme we can maybe touch on in a bit more detail. Um, and 
also just looking at, I suppose, more fundamentally accommodation demand. Um, I think most investors see that leisure demand, despite a lot of the headwinds that are starting to grow now around consumer spend, investors seem to think that that's going to be somewhat resilient moving forward. But just in the last quarter, we'd started to see some recovery in the sentiment as it pertains to, to, to corporate accommodation demand. And actually, that came right back off the boil in, in the latest survey results as well. Um, so I would say those are the, the kind of biggest movers, if you like, um, from the survey that we mm. conducted in, in Q3. So let, let's pick, let, well, we can link a couple of those, I think, which is the profitability and the demand piece. So you've got that top line. And so the perception has been certainly something that, you know, the narrative we've been running with is that, you know, we've got very, very strong top line growth we've got unprecedented levels of top line growth it's been very much a v-shaped recovery as we come out of this um, and actually that top line growth has been by and large running ahead of costs um, there is a sense however from this survey um, that maybe some, that's not the case some people are now seeing profitability being a little bit more challenged um, perhaps you know costs are eating away at the profit levels um, and and also some hesitancy in in terms of the the corporate recovery position perhaps you could just outline your thinking on those yeah absolutely I mean I think you know we we regularly in this industry and and we're not the only ones that do it but we we talk in averages right market averages but i think it's probably fair to say that it's it's somewhat patchy out there in in the market at the moment i think you probably have some hotels and some hotel markets which are doing very well and others that are, are struggling a little bit um but i think if we if we do talk in more general terms um you know, speaking to a number of operators and, and investors, particularly through some of the advisory board meetings that we've had in the run-up to the AHC, um, leisure bookings still look relatively robust going forward, but there are a number of operators that are saying they are now having to up their, their marketing game, their marketing spend. Customer acquisition is becoming a little bit more challenging. Now, maybe that's that's the early sign of that that growth in leisure demand starting to taper off a little bit. I think in terms of the, the corporate accommodation demand, the fact that we, we saw it come back again in in Q3 is no surprise really when you kind of read into some of the the more kind of you know corporate focused business indicators out there, the the, the PMIs for example, you know, the, they're not exactly positive right now. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of businesses outside of hospitality are grappling with rising interest rates and all the rest of it and, and what that means for order books and for their businesses. And clearly, you know, one of the first things to, to get squeezed in, in that scenario is, is corporate travel spend. Um, mm. And I think you can see that coming through quite clearly in the, the survey. Mm. I think regardless of that, I think, you know, the investors are still overall positive that, that top line revenue will continue to grow just perhaps not at the same pace that we have seen and frankly you know that that growth out of the the back of the pandemic was never going to be you know the trajectory of growth was never going to be sustainable anyway we were always going to see this this tapering off or this slowing of growth um, if we look at that through to a, a profitability level and as i mentioned the, the q3 results have have fallen back based on what was a a more optimistic Q2 where the investors seem to be thinking that actually we we do see a, a slightly kind of strengthening profitability 
position moving forward because it, it felt like we were over the peak in terms of rising energy costs, rising payroll, um, and all of that kind of feeding through supply chains as well. But I think actually what's what's happened now is that with the, the rising interest rates, the fact that it kind of disproportionately probably impacts a lot of the, the staff that work in hotels, for example, because they may be renters or they might have quite large mortgage liabilities, for example, we're seeing those staff now going back to management and asking for further pay increases because yes, the, maybe the, the bill at the supermarket has started to steady a little bit, but now they've got this additional cost pressure of rising rents and, and rising mortgage costs. So that's starting to now impact cost of living, which in turn is meaning that staff are starting to go back to management and and, and look for, for wage increases yet again. And, you know, the, the labour market in the UK continues to remain very tight, um, which means that operators actually don't have many places they can turn um, mm, mm, or many mm. options at their disposal and I think that that's really what's driving some of that um, that increased pessimism around future profit growth. Mm. A couple of things I just want to um, ask um, regarding this just to get a little bit more into the weeds of this. Um, the, f- the first one is in terms of the nature of the recovery so the sort of narrative that has been again we've largely been um supportive of is that we've had this v shape in the in in the leisure piece and that's now pretty much fully recovered um, according to all the data sources we're looking at so you've got a leisure recovery which is there and understandably therefore the the growth rate slows markedly as we've now got back to where we were pre-pandemic and we're now you know incrementally increasing and that 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 is all good it's still looking pretty positive on the leisure side um the question mark has been on the on the business travel piece so you've had some super bears on this uber bears on on the the corporate travel piece i mean um most notably perhaps bill gates who said you know 50 percent of it um, would not come back i mean clearly wrong about that but um there's still i mean you know in terms of major media so people like bloomberg i mean they've been running recently a bunch of stories saying you know we're still way under in terms of that corporate travel recovery and we're not going to get back to where we were um that's not my perception i have to say and in terms of the data i'm seeing from people like SDR and hot stats um, um, that the indications are whilst we're not quite back fully on the corporate side we're much much closer than many feared we would be by now um, and the, there was an anticipation that actually that as we see a sort of tapering in the growth rate of leisure um, there's ongoing <clears throat> excuse me ongoing tailwinds um, with regards to the corporate recovery um, which is going to kick in um, so what I'm hearing from you um, is that your perception perhaps is that those tailwinds are not going to be quite as strong as we hoped for um, in terms of that corporate travel recovery piece. Is that correct? Um, I mean, well, well, based on the survey, you know, we're, we're, and, and just to kind of <coughs> frame the question perhaps a little bit better in terms of what, what we ask of the investors, but it's, it's their confidence in corporate accommodation demand growth over the next 12 months. So we're looking at a, right. a relatively short kind of term period um and and you know the the response is that they think that you know corporate accommodation demand at least in the next 12 months isn't going to be coming back strongly shall we say um 
you know, I think clearly that the, there will always be a flight to quality, Andrew. And I think there are, you know, there'll be some hotels that are in good locations relative to, um, you know, offices or, or wherever else corporate demand is is channeling into, which will will be capturing a, a, a solid amount of corporate demand growth. And I think also having listened to, to some of the earnings calls as well over the last few weeks, I think a lot of the big hotel companies are now coming out saying that both in terms of corporate and mice demand, um, that, that you know, it, it's coming back pretty strongly in some markets and, and they're very optimistic about its, its ongoing mm. recovery. So mm. it's not it's not all doom and gloom, ultimately. Um and it, it will be interesting to so see where this, it goes. This, this is the bifurcation you were talking of earlier. <clears throat> You've got some players. I mean, I very much agree with you. The mice market has been very resilient. And, you know, you're in a very good place to talk about that, um, you know, um, as the host of a couple of the biggest conferences in, in our space. Um, and many listeners will be familiar with. Uh, and it's interesting the slight nuance we've got in terms of sentiment. So if we go back to the International Hospitality investment forum held in mid-may in berlin um there i think there was a real buoyant atmosphere this very positive atmosphere and that changed in a matter of weeks after that i think as as we got to the point where um investors thought well look actually these interest rate rises are going to be higher for longer and i think there was a general perception that this is going to be the the challenge we've got ahead um so where people were saying oh it's going to be over by the summer i think now it's you know the fingers are being crossed that it's going to be over by christmas um and I think, you, you know, your theme of IHIF was uh, fortune favours the bold, you know, very much sort of go-getting. But with the annual hotel conference coming up in mid-September, I think there's been a, you know, a subtle shift there in terms of the um, the approach. And it, it's adapt to thrive is the theme, isn't it, I think, this year at um, AHC? It is. No, you're, you're right. Um, so, you know, fortune favours the bold at IHIF was really celebrating, I think, those that were doubling down on their investment or asset management strategies, for example, amidst all the the kind of noise. And we're, we're seeing great success as a result of doing that and had kind of fully demonstrated their commitment to the sector, despite what many considered a, a lot of headwinds that it was facing at the time. Um, the AHC this year, you're right, adapted to thrive is the theme. Last year, we were charting the course. I think, you know, 2022, charting the course was probably quite appropriate. There was a lot going on. Um, we were just coming out of uh, a period of trustonomics, and um, you know the, the the UK market was facing a lot of its own unique challenges, and and many of the stakeholders were really grappling with those at the time. And it was just about almost kind of weathering the storm and and trying to make your business as resilient as it possibly could be. Um, I think now there there is more optimism, or or at least greater stability around the UK market um, and yeah adapt to thrive is is all about you know coming out of that period of of a lot of uncertainty it's well well what are the growth opportunities now in the market and how can we position our business position our investments to make sure that we're capitalizing on what those opportunities are and are going to be over the course of the next two to three years so I would like to think that it's a it, it's almost kind of 
hindered optimism, if you like, Andrew. I think, you know, we're, we're hopeful that there are opportunities out there and, and we are trying to showcase those that are positioning their, their businesses to capitalise on them. But, you know, notwithstanding some of the, the kind of key challenges that still face the broader industry and also those that are specific to the UK market. I'd like to pick up, Joe, on what your comments regarding um, hotel alternatives, adjacent spaces. Um, it's interesting that there is this perception now, perhaps, that it, it, it you know, um, it isn't a time to be bold, um, ironically, given what was being said six months ago. Um, and it, it, you know, perhaps we ought to focus on those more conventional areas that we know deliver Um, is it that investors are becoming more risk averse because I mean there's been a you know for many years we've been talking you know very favorably about uh, the potential of these new emergent sectors Um, is this just a temporary sort of pullback and uh, you know uh, caution dominating yeah I mean Look, we're, I'm, I'm basing this off of one quarter, uh, one quarter survey results, and and the interest in the alternative accommodation types prior to this quarter has been very strong and, and sustained at a at a high level. Um, if I kind of knit some of the some of the other themes together, which I think maybe explain. Or, or might point to the reason as to why that focus on alternatives has has come back a little bit. Um, Broadly, what the investors were saying in the survey is that, one, the competition to acquire hospitality investment opportunities has has dropped off a little bit, as has the amount of unallocated capital to invest in hospitality. I think, you know, we we can dig into that a little bit, but, um, you know, ultimately rising interest rates, I think there might be some changes in in capital allocations, ultimately, at, at some of the the, the large institutional investors, um, and we've also heard that you know some of the private equity funds are finding it quite challenging to raise new capital as well. So that's perhaps having a, a bit of a drag on the overall demand to invest in, indeed real estate, but also the the hospitality space. And then you've also got that coupled with the fact that investors think the availability of stock, of of traditional hotel stock, is going to increase significantly over the next few months. And again, we can come into that in in more detail but I think that increase in supply of traditional hotel stock that perhaps slight fallback in the amount of demand there is to acquire hotels and perhaps what that's doing is reducing the extent of that displaced capital that was looking for other homes around hospitality Um, now don't get me wrong I think you know service departments have have proven themselves to be a, a a great kind of subsector, if you like, incredibly resilient through the pandemic, um, and and a strong growth profile in terms of income thereafter. Um, and you know, hostels have, have have clearly come back very strongly as well. Um, you know, but but also I think a lot of that alternative accommodation is driven predominantly by the Gen Zs and the Millennials. It's it's catered towards almost a, a younger demographic. Certainly, if we put co-living into that that bucket as well. And you can't help but feel that from a, a demand point of view as well, it's probably going to be these generational cohorts that are somewhat impacted to a greater extent by things like rising interest rates. And I kind of alluded to this earlier, but, you know, it's 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 the younger generational cohorts that are probably more exposed to rising mortgage costs through rising interest rates because they're, they might be fairly new onto the, the property ladder or they're exposed to you know, high rents, and we all know where 
where residential rents have been trending in the last kind of year or more. Um, so I think from a demand point of view, perhaps there's a couple of question marks, at least in the short term, around um, some of these alternative accommodation accommodation types as well. That's so I, for, so for me, I kind of feel like those are, are the key drivers of what we're seeing here, albeit very early days. It'll be interesting to see what Q4 shows. Right. So it's that boomer pound, the grey pound, which is sustaining the sort of more conventional hotels and um, where you get into the the millennials and gen Zs that that demand piece that's where you're seeing the rising rents rising costs of living rising mortgage rates really having an impact on a pullback on on demand um so just moving on to this ava- stock availability uh is this that you know this this standoff that there's been between um buyers and sellers the infamous bid ask spread that's going to narrow in your view um and and we're going to see at long last you know a bit of movement in terms of the market um yeah i mean i you know the 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 sentiment survey certainly points towards that um an increase in in deal flow um and stock coming to the market i mean you know we've all been kind of waiting for this stress if you like um as a result of, of the rising cost of capital and the amount of refinancings that were meant to be taking place throughout the course of this year and, and into next. I mean, if we had any doubts that, you know, around around the um, difficulties regarding some of those refinancing conversations, I think, you know, they've been put to bed by the, the continued rise in, in interest rates and, and increase in the cost of capital. Um, but it, it does seem like, you know, across the, the most part, we, we do hear from from many stakeholders in the market that, that the banks and the investors do seem to be continuing to, to work together. And we haven't seen too much stress on the market, but but the investors seem to be quite optimistic that that, that will come. Um, you do hear that, you know, sellers are now starting to concede some ground, certainly those that have or are putting assets on the market are conceding ground in terms of their pricing expectations, certainly relative to where they were pre-pandemic. I think it's quite clear now that we are in a very different world in terms of capital costs. And um, and whilst you know it took a while for the, the valuations to catch up and start to crystallise some of those decreases in value, there have probably been enough deals now in the marketplace to, to, to have that evidence to be able to to support some of those reductions in value and hopefully that will support a, a coming together of the bid ask spread right so that that this is the key driver here is that rising debt cost that the leveling off of the um, top line growth is going to force a reassessment on on values and and it's going to cause uh, um, the sellers to actually t- review their situation and say well actually you know we're going to have to take what what's on offer here and that that's going to see a bit more of a meeting of minds which is going to bring back a little bit more liquidity into the market this is the general perception we're going and is this kicking off sort of now or are we probably waiting until you know the whole interest rate tightening cycle has clearly come to a close i mean we've got the next bank of england meeting on september the 21st um uh, there are signs that the Federal Reserve in the US is sort of sig- signalling that you know we are just about at a pause. Um, there's one or two more in the pipe. Um, the European Central Bank uh, is a similar position, but there is a general perception now that um, maybe by the year end the, um, that the whole tightening piece is going to have stopped. Um, is that the point at which you 
is the perception that's when the deal flow is going to start or uh, is it already underway do you think I think there's already quite a large degree of it being being underway. Um, I think you know some of these processes are, are clearly not being openly marketed, so there's there's only so much that we hear about. But it does feel to me, at least, like um, like the transactions teams are relatively busy. You know, we don't we don't see much in the press yet about things actually completing. Um, but I do think there are processes being kind of run relatively discreetly going on. Uh, that's the sense that I get, and, and from conversations that I've had with with the brokerage community as well, just coming back to the previous point, it is in many cases the sellers that are conceding on on pricing. Interesting, interesting. I was also um, having a, just another point there as well, I was having a recent conversation with a a, a relatively large um, kind of asset manager, if you like, and and operator um, that's based here in the UK. and, And so far, They've had very few conversations with um, banks and lenders um, around kind of taking over the operations of those hotels which have found themselves in a, in a challenging situation. However, um, you know, I, I won't name the company, but, but said individual did say that, um, you know, their phone had started to become a little bit busier. So um, we'll see if that's an indication of, of some more challenging situations to come interesting and that was the phone being rung by presumably the debt providers the bank's correct yeah yeah yeah. um interesting so uh so in in terms of the theme of the annual hotel conference coming up adapting to thrive it seems that it's the sellers who are doing the (laughs) adaptation here in in cutting prices so just tell us what when the the date of the conference is joe yeah absolutely it's 11th and 12th of september andrew um at the manchester central convention center Great. Look forward to seeing you there, Joe. Okay, Joe. Thank you very much. We'll say goodbye for now.